Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Saver Podcast. We are in our office, aka the kitchen table. Yes, it might be a little bit messier today than it was last time. Did you hear what happened at my kitchen table the other night? No, I didn't. Your son was involved. I don't doubt it. <laughs> so just on a side note, you guys, he they spent the night here the other night and they were making some TikTok videos and all Who I... was making TikTok videos? Oh, all of them. Oh, yeah. All the children? Yes. Oh. The teenagers oh. were making some TikTok videos. I don't even think <laughs> they like, have TikTok. I'm like, Drew doesn't even have TikTok. No, I don't think they do. But so the next morning, I was like, oh my goodness, the kitchen is a disaster. And then Drew gets up and he's like, hey, Miss Stacy, I cleaned up your kitchen for you last night. I said, are you sure? Because it's kind of a hot mess. And he was like, you should have seen it. There was peanut butter and milk and cereal all over your kitchen table. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Well, that was nice because he doesn't normally clean up the kitchen. I know. I told he him. He does have to do unload the dishes. That's like one of his chores, but... Yeah. So anyway. if there's if there's sticky things on the kitchen table today, Suzanne, I apologize. Then I feel right at home. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm I am loving the weather that we've had in the mornings and the evenings. It is like going into fall. Like this is the time of year everybody's willing fall like to come. Like let me put some boots on and maybe that'll make it colder. I know not you because you're an abnormality and you love sweating to death outside and barely being able to breathe in the humidity. I mean, but also it's like the time of year when we get all the like, uh, I don't know, the pumpkin stuff and like all the fall feels. You don't love that? No, this is where we can love each other and choose to disagree (laughs) because no, I do not like it. I love summertime and I do not like pumpkins. Like I I don't well, know. Okay, they- you don't like pumpkin taste, I'm assuming, because you have about 4,000 pumpkins you usually put out in October. I know. And someone told me the other day that pumpkins are a thing of the past, that they're out. I'm like, how can pumpkins go out of style? They're, they're fall decorations. Who they're- told you that? A friend. She huh. was lovingly telling me that pumpkins are out of style. And I was like, not on. She said, no, I'm just teasing oh. you. <laughs> I was like, okay, because they can't go out of style. So but do I you, don't like pumpkin I, do you, I was So that's what I was going to ask you. Do you do the like PSL at Starbucks? No. No. And you guys, do you really? I need to know this. You guys have to let us know. You need to reach out on social media or email us. I have to know. Again, Suzanne and I like to have these great debates. Do you really? You love what is it, PSL? Yeah, pumpkin spice latte. Now, I used to love, love, love them. Like, I could not wait. They're too sweet for me now because I don't drink my coffee that sweet anymore. But I still love, like, I have pumpkin pie, um, what is that, seasoning? Uh-huh. Like cinnamon? Yeah. It's Powder. Good. Powder. Is that what I'm trying to say? Pumpkin spice cinnamon powder i don't know Uh, you know like spices in your spice cabinet yes i don't have that spice anyway i have that i can't believe we even talk about cooking on this show with me (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i have that i like to put that in my coffee i I love love and like pumpkin like my son is a pumpkin lover like me the other day randomly during the hurricane the hurricane Mm -hmm. that we had he was like man i want some pumpkin pie 
And uh, I was like, well, go to the store and I'll make it for you. But he didn't want it enough to go to the store. But he worked a really long day on Saturday. And so I made him pumpkin pie when he got home. That's so sweet. Did you take a picture of it so we can all see it? No, it was really easy pumpkin pie. It doesn't matter. And it wasn't like super pretty. Like pumpkin pie is not attractive. No, that's why I can't get behind it. Because you eat with your eyes first. And I look at it and I'm like, ugh. So anyway, yes, I love pumpkin flavored things. Well, I love you, but I cannot. I just, I, I can't get behind it with you. What about, I saw that Starbucks has, and maybe this isn't new, but this is not something that appease, sounds appealing to me. as like this apple crisp coffee thing Ugh. at Starbucks. That sounds gross to me. Like, I can't do any kind of baked fruit. I'm just not a baked fruit kind of girl. Oh, you know what's so good? What? Okay, then we got to get to the real stuff. But this is, this is for free. You take an apple and you chop it up. You put it in your air fryer. Dust it with some cinnamon, air fry it for like eight minutes, and then put peanut butter in the microwave so it gets like drizzly, and you drizzle it over. It's so good. But you don't like peanut butter either, right? Oh, That's just bizarre. That's weird. But you know what I love right now? I love that you are coming alive with cooking ideas. I mean, (laughs) these are very complicated cooking ideas. You know, cutting an apple and stuff. I would not recommend this to anyone try. It will take too long. (laughs) I just love it, though. I love to see. And if you guys listen all the way to the end of today's episode, you'll get another treat from Suzanne because we were preparing for this episode. And she's like, I want to do the recipe today. And I was like, really? You're like, what? It needs to be edible. (laughs) I promise it is. Uh, Yes. And it's not just like ripping open a packet and pouring it in a drink either. It's like legit, you guys. So stay tuned for that. So, yeah, so this is all super fun. And actually today, I think the topic that we're talking about is um, a little more fun sounding than the last two episodes, right? So we talked about repentance and surrender, even though we painted you a beautiful picture of what those things actually mean. They still taste a little bitter when we say them. Um, But today we want to kind of talk about, you know, kind of what does that look like? Um, to, to, to say, okay, we've repented, I'm surrendering this thing, and now what do I do? And for me, that has really come through accountability and community for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to that? Yeah, I, th- I think that is so true because I think we can in ourselves and in our own mind say, yes, I'm going to rep- repent and I want to surrender this to God. But sometimes that act of doing that, I need other people to hold me accountable. And I think we've kind of talked about accountability in the past, but I love the idea of how you tied it into community as well, because real accountability has to happen in real community. And as much as we love the online space and digital community, I think we have to have people who are in our circle that see us, that we interact with in person too for that real accountability and community. And I'm not saying it can't happen long distance. I have a friend who lives a couple of hours from here and she and I hold each other accountable on things often and we'll text each other. She just texted me yesterday. Hey, how's it going? Um, So I do think that that is real and it happens. I'm just saying when we're talking about this, we're talking about this, this sense of gathering around a table with someone else, one or two other people uh, for accountability and community. And I do love that too, that we talk about it in community because there used to be this like, and maybe this was something really that I heard more revolving around men and um, specifically a porn addiction kind of conversation where it's like, well, who's your accountability partner? Who's your accountability partner? 
and that that's that is what we're saying but it the idea and community it makes it seem more robust and more um, meaningful and more like doing life together um, and so I for me I think that accountability and community really involves two really important things I think it's honesty and intentionality mm. um, I think that it's it's not something that's going to just happen supernatural yes. well not supernaturally it will happen supernaturally but you know <laughs> it's not a natural thing to be like Stacy I've repented and surrendered about this thing now can you help help me walk through this and can you ask me about it and can you pray for me about it and can you be intentional about helping me live this thing surrendered yes and I think that um, I love that you highlighted the idea of honesty and intentionality because I do think that's the case and I think honestly for a lot of us we may be struggling in community, and one of the reasons is because of the pandemic. I know we're removed from the pandemic, but I think a lot of us got into a habit of watching sermons online and and filling a void when we couldn't get together per in you know in person face to face. And so I think we got in the habit of not being in the habit of gathering together, and that isn't something that's just new to us. Uh, it, since 2020. As a matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews talks about that, and I want to share a couple of verses. Hebrews 10. Um, Hebrews is great. He, it's We don't know who wrote Hebrews, but it's written to Jewish Christians, and it's to tell them that there is something better, that Christ came, and He is the better of everything, and He fulfilled it all. And the writer of Hebrews is encouraging the community of believers, of followers of Christ to stay fast, to keep their eyes on Jesus. And in 10, starting in verse 23, he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. He's saying God has promised and God is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And it's always been so um, interesting to me that they had been, they'd gotten out of the habit of meeting together. I don't know necessarily what was going on. I know there was a lot of persecution happening and a lot of political upheaval going on. And so maybe they were experiencing some of the similar things that we experienced during the pandemic of not being able to assemble freely and get together and those kinds of things. But what I really love about that is how he talks about when they get together there to consider how to stimulate one another to love and to good deeds. And that to me is one of the beautiful pictures of being in community because when we meet together with other believers, we can encourage one another um, to be loving and to do the things that are for the good of others and for the glory of God. I love that verse is great. Um, it also reminded me, you know, we talked about God's faithfulness through all of this, through repentance, through surrender. And I know one thing that has helped me be accountable to not only you know, my actions, my attitude, just my overall life is um, having people who I do life with remind me of God's faithfulness, which is what some of that verse 
talked about is, you know, encouraging one another. It reminded you before it even said that God, that God is faithful, right? Didn't yes. it say that? Yep. And so it, it's, it's easy. Like when we get into those pits, those hard places, we, it's easy for us to forget about God's faithfulness. And that is another thing that community can help you do. It can kind of lift you up out of those places and say, Hey, I know it feels like God doesn't see you. I know it feels like God is not for you right now, but no, let me remind you of this truth. Um, and encourage you in that. And so that's another just, it, it's a really great verse to show us the benefits of community and accountability is that it's, you know, to love one another, to encourage one another, to be there for one another. Right. And I think it's really hard to have accountability without it being in the confines of a community and a loving community that is striving to honor God and all that they do, because it's back to what you were kind of talking about with the idea of who's your accountability partner. It's that Mm -hmm. person who's going to, oh my goodness, you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. That's not what we're talking about. It's the accountability of someone saying, hey, I know that you were telling me that you wanted to be more diligent in your quiet time. I just prayed for you today about that. And I prayed that God would do this. I have a personal example of, um, I posted over in the Saver podcast community group. If you want to know more about that, check out the show notes. There's a link in there for you guys. We invite you to come in. It's a private group. But in there, I had posted about needing some prayer about time management. And you and one other woman, um, texted me personally and said, wrote me these beautiful prayers. That's accountability. Like me being vulnerable, putting it out there saying, I need help and encouragement and prayer with time management. And you guys didn't like beat me up or harass me about it. You just sent me beautiful prayers to encourage me. And so when I was tempted not to do what I was supposed to do that day, I'm like, no, but these ladies are praying for me. And that gave me the fuel that I needed. So even in that accountability is linked to this idea of community and and fellowship with one another. And I think that is so important. But when we think about that, so we've, we've talked about the benefits of it, what it looks like when it's healthy and it's ideal. What are some of the obstacles though, Suzanne? What do you think of that are some of the things that maybe someone listening to us is like, yeah, that sounds great, but what are some of those things that will prevent us from walking in community? Well, I think there's a lot of them. Um, I think that when it really boils down to it, for some of us, it's about the discomfort. Mm. And so the discomfort of this, you know, whatever excuse you're going to make is probably based in some sort of discomfort, whether it be time, I don't have time. So you have to make a sacrifice, whether there's also lies that you tell yourself, right, that it's uncomfortable, people aren't going to like me. So that would create discomfort for you to have to walk into um, a relationship or like small group, especially if you don't feel like you have that. Small groups are a great place to start, which is a side note. But so I think time, um, putting yourself out there, feeling vulnerable, all of those things that kind of make us feel a little bit uncomfortable, keep us from stepping out to be a part of community. And, And I think that's all based in a fear, right? That people are going to know me and and hate me or think I'm crazy or think I'm, you know, a terrible person. Well, then that's not your people. Right. Right. I totally agree with that. And I, I absolutely agree that those are some of the things that can prevent us from stepping into community. So how can we kind of encourage people to say, yeah, we, we understand. I think one of the first things that comes to mind is we must be willing to make a sacrifice Mm. because 
it, it is going to cost me, whether it's my time or stepping into a place where I'm uncomfortable and I don't know someone and I've got to make that initial move. Or maybe I'm an introvert. Okay, you guys are all laughing because you're like, there's nothing in you that is introverted. I know, but I'm trying to like think about it from the perspective of an introvert. For me, I have to have people around me. I love that. But if you are an introvert, that can be a big obstacle to overcome. But God knows your personality. He created you with this personality, and he knows that. And he's still saying everybody needs to be walking in community. That's the the picture that we get in Scripture. We see we see it in the life of Jesus. He had his 12, and even within that, he had his three. And so when we're talking about building that kind of community, we're talking about find one or two people who you can connect with. But I do think it's going to require sacrifices. I think you're going to have to put yourself out there. I think you're going to have to be the one who reaches out and says, hey, can we go grab coffee? And you may do that with three or four people, and maybe they're going to turn you down. I'm just saying, I love Suzanne. I invited her over twice over the weekend, and she turned me down both times, y'all. I know. I felt so bad about that, too, because I was, like, doing things where I was like, gosh, I would so much rather go over there. <laughs> I was, like, grocery shopping. and But definitely, um, I think – the fear of rejection. Yes. So that's a, that's a big thing. Um, and, and from a, um, I'm kind of a recover. I, I'm still an introvert. People never believe me. They're like, there's no way you're an introvert. I am truly an introvert, but I am an extroverted introvert is how I explain myself. Like once I get out and stuff like that, I'm good, but I would be fine just staying home yeah. all the time. Um, not all the time. I do get bored at home, but definitely I'm the kind of person like I replenish by being alone. Yes. Um, so I remember when it would be, those were constantly my excuses um, mm-hmm. because it was uncomfortable. So it would be like, oh, I have too much to do. You know, they don't offer childcare when I could have certainly got childcare at home. I mean, not, not everybody ha- can do that, but that would have been an option for me. Um, and so there's just all these things that you can convince yourself, but you are literally missing out on the abundance of what God has for you because you were created for community. Yes, we absolutely were created for community. When God created Adam, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so God in himself is a triune God, just means that he's in three persons. There's God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ. And so God exists in this relationship within himself. I can't explain all of the Trinity. I don't understand it. It is a mystery. What? You can't explain the Trinity? (laughs) I know. Newsflash. Uh, But I do know that it demonstrates that that relationship is of the utmost importance to God. And so community is valuable and we need that. And we are missing out when we don't overcome some of those obstacles. And so especially this time of year, most churches are kicking off small groups. You mean it's not only pumpkin spice season, it's It's, small group season? It is. It's small group season. And so we just want to encourage you, you know, a lot of small groups will be kicking off um, at your church right now. And most of them, at least at our home church, they run for six to eight weeks. And so we're not asking you to commit to like a year most small groups will run six to eight weeks. So make a six to eight week commitment. Even if the first couple of weeks are disastrous and it was like, oh, that was uncomfortable. I just want to encourage you, keep going. Keep asking the Lord to open up opportunities for you to meet other women, to connect with them. Because 
it is how we are designed. We are designed to be in relationship with one another. We are not designed to do this alone. And some of the benefits and blessings that we've talked about are the idea that, you know, those people in community with you, not only are they holding you accountable, but they're carrying those burdens with you. There's a scripture in Galatians that talks about we are to carry one another's burdens. And there are things that I'm carrying that I cannot carry on my own. And Suzanne's got a handle on it. And another friend of mine has a handle mm-hmm. on it. And my husband has a handle on it. Well, maybe not a handle, but <laughs> you know, that's, I don't want to scare people away from either the idea like, um, I can help hold you accountable because um, you being an accountability partner, air quote, is not you fixing them. It's not you Amen. fixing their problems. It's not you. You are not their Holy Spirit. It is you walking with them through it. Amen. I think that is such a profound point. And I think someone listening just got freed, honestly, because they've shied away from being in accountability or walking with someone because they get overwhelmed and say, I can't change it for them. I can't fix it. We are never called to fix anybody. Right. I mean, I can't even fix myself. I'm not going to be able to fix somebody else. It's just saying, hey, I'm in this with you. And I know that God is in this with you and, and, and he's faithful and reminding them those things and encouraging them in it. And so, I mean, obviously if someone has said, Hey, can you help hold me accountable to not drinking? Then you might ask me, have you drank today? Yes. I mean, I talked about getting drunk not too long. I do not have a drinking problem. I'm just saying this just came up recently with someone else. And so it is, yes, you want, but you're not going to, it's not about fixing them. No. It's about loving them. Absolutely. And as we love them, as Christ loved the church, we can help them walk towards freedom. And really, that's what Jesus is about. Jesus isn't even about fixing us because things that get fixed get broken again. Mm -hmm. Jesus is about freeing us. And in community, we can experience some of that freedom. And it really comes through walking out life together and being willing to share and have some of those conversations. I've heard some people say, you know, small groups just aren't my thing. I don't like the format of small groups. And I understand that. I mean, it's not necessarily for everyone. And so if you're that person who's like, nope, I'm good. I, you know, small groups aren't my thing. I don't like the format of it. I'm way too introverted. I don't like the awkward pauses and we're all sitting around answering questions (laughs) and watching a video. My question back to you would be, then where can you create that space? Where can you create an opportunity where one or two other women join you on your front porch for sweet tea or come sit at your table and share, um, you know, cookies together and you talk about some of those things that are going on in your life? So, you know, here are some things, even if committing to a small group isn't your thing. However, I'm just going to go back to I think that we should all try it for at least six to eight weeks. I think that um, that's a good place to start. But if that's not your thing, create a space where you can do that and then have some real honest conversations, you know, simple conversations, open-ended questions like, hey, in your quiet time in the last week, what's a verse that stood out to you? What's something that the Lord's really impressed upon your heart? Where's the Lord encouraged you? Those are some good general questions that you can have conversations with each other. And even if you can't do it face-to-face, maybe you really don't have time. I encourage you, Look at how you're spending your time and see if you can make some sacrifices and change priorities so that you can, because this should be a priority. But think about when you're driving to pick up kids from 
carpool, can you make a phone call to a friend? And in that conversation, have some of those intentional questions. It goes back to what you were saying. Intentionality is one of those things that can develop community. So are you creating intentional spaces in your relationships with your friends? Or when you get together with your friends, are you just always talking about the fall decor and the pumpkin spice lattes? Of course, those things are fun and you should talk about them. But are you also spending some time having some of those heart questions with other women? Yeah. So you may have friends, you may have community, but like how deep are you going with them is kind of what I hear hear you saying. Um, so we have a cool thing. I have a cool recipe to share with you for once. I know this is shocking, um, but it is. It's my favorite um, pumpkin. What did I say? Pumpkin. Gosh, I can't even get the word out. I just love, I wish you could see her face right now because she is giddy with excitement because she was like, I have the recipe. It's going to be great for the savor moment. And now Um, I can't think of the name of it. I got it. Cream cheese. Pumpkin cream cheese muffin. So it's kind of a take if you've had the Starbucks ones. These are better. Um, Stacey, just stop. I tried your ginger, okay? I I should make you taste the pumpkin. I'm going to taste the pumpkin. But no, I think if, if... There's two, you know, we kind of mentioned two practical ways, a small group, join a small group, make the muffins and take them there. Or the other thing is invite one or two of your friends over to have a very intentional conversation, make, make a pot of coffee, make these muffins, and then sit down and try to have this conversation where it's like, Hey, let's really do life together. Mm -hmm. Um, and just think about that. Yeah. I think that is such a great way to have a savor moment because you can get in the kitchen, you can make these, or you can just go buy chocolate chip cookies. See, I'm playing (laughs) Suzanne today. You guys, we are like in this weird world where Suzanne is is me and I am Suzanne. (laughs) Because I'm like... Just buy it. Yeah. No, you should see the... Well, you'll see the recipe. We're going to post it in the show notes. When she was looking it up, there's so many ingredients, you guys. It's it is not, it's not. Well, just, you don't have to make it has like this yummy, like crumble topping. You don't have to make that if you don't want. I'm just saying you're going to miss it out. You are not going to be able to savor the full experience. <laughs> you're not going to be able to have the full joy of the pumpkin spice cream cheese moment. Um, but I do, I think that's a, a great thing to do. And I love the suggestions that you have. So in the show notes, you'll see a link to the pumpkin cream cheese muffins. And we'll also write out about, you know, some of those intentional questions that we were kind of sharing so that you can invite someone over or better yet, take it to a small group at your local church. But Suzanne also has some secret ingredients. A secret ingredient that I add that's not in here. Okay. And I will share that secret ingredient, but only with the Saver community, Saver podcast community group. I'm probably going to change that to Saver community group if I can figure out how to do that on Facebook. But yes, in our in our group. So go um, join us if you're not on Facebook. The link will be in the show notes, right? Yes, to it join will be. us. And I will share that secret ingredient with you. I cannot wait. And we will also share in that private page on Facebook for our Saver community. Um, we will share a picture of me trying the pumpkin cream cheese. Or better yet, a video. Oh, I don't, you guys, honestly, I just realized though why I have such an aversion to it. Um, I think a friend of mine, this was years ago, she was pregnant with her first child. (laughs) And her husband was like wanting them to do everything just right. You know them. 
Joey and Leanne. Remember Joey oh, and Leanne? Oh, I know them. Yeah. When Leanne got pregnant with their first child, Joey made her eat a spoonful of canned pumpkin every night because it has like the most health benefits or something. Okay, and that I, would be gross. Just plain pumpkin like that's not good. And I just remember being like, what the smell? I just can't. So I think uh, that is, I think it's like almost a 21-year-old aversion to I pumpkin. hope that she's listening to this because I need her to join the Facebook community group that Saver, I can't, this is too long. The Saver community group on Facebook so that she can tell us if she actually likes pumpkin still. I need to know. I know. I need to know. So Leanne, if you're listening, please come and tell us if you are a fan of the pumpkin spice latte. Yes, I do. I think it just tormented me and I'm like, I can't do it. So um, I'm so glad we were able to have this conversation about community and accountability. And we hope that it has encouraged you. We hope that we've kind of addressed some of the obstacles that you face with it. We hope that we've uncovered maybe the root of where some of those are coming from and given you a picture of the beauty of walking in community with other women who are um, living this thing out daily, not perfectly and not great every day, but with honesty, with intentionality. And we just pray that you will keep having those conversations. All right. We'll see y'all next time. Thank you for being with us today here at Savor. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.